0: Radio Show, And here is the studio orchestra of the Spudman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe! Here
1: comes the Spudman, he goes down easy, he calls to you, who, the social outcast. Yes, you, who are rejected, he wants you, he needs you. He loves you. Here comes the Spudman. Man. He goes down easy. Here comes the Spudman. Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman.
2: Greetings, and our Ola. I am Spud Goodman. <laughs>
3: Spud Goodman.
2: <laughs> and you are the listener. I I don't have verified proof that any living organism is actually listening at this moment, but I sure as hell hoping, you know, that I'm not just having a conversation with myself. Because if, if I was only speaking to myself, then the conversation would be about stuff that no one other than myself would be interested in hearing about. You know, how, how I could reduce my daily list of must-do things. Well, You know, like maybe I should go to shaving my ears daily instead of twice a week. Or, you know, or, or telling myself to, to keep calm when looking at my hairline receding at the speed of sound. Uh, I guess mostly personal hygiene issues, actually. Uh, you know, topics that would probably bore anyone other than myself. So... Maybe I should just probably, you know, bring on our show's designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Hey, can you give us a decent ha! <laughs>
4: oh, there you have it. If that wasn't good enough, then tough. Laugh yourself if you want.
2: And Dorothy, I can't laugh at the funny stuff I say myself. Right. I mean nothing is lamer than people laughing at their own jokes or funny stories. I need you. Mm. I, I know I haven't always been complimentary when you do a, a test laugh to start the show. Ooh, yeah. in the future, I will try and not be so critical of your laughing. Go ahead and do another guffaw.
4: Okay <laughs>
2: That's it. I mean, do you want to do-over? What? I, I mean, I don't think it was actually one of your best. But okay, okay. Actually, I think it was pretty darn good. Okay, oh, fine, let's, let's just fine. move on. As I'm now forced to, to introduce our temporary permanent co-host Gerald Holcomb. Go ahead, man. You know, in, in the interest of goodwill towards all, I will grant you 17 seconds to express yourself. <laughs>
0: Go. Do, 17 seconds? Yeah. Uh. Wow. Uh, really? I I think that's the most predetermined time allotted to me in months spud okay all right let me gather my thoughts and make good use of this i have so many things i would like to express things that are important to me as i feel so much goes unaddressed on this show as as i
2: well okay then now Um, i'm supposed to introduce our show's intern chance uh go ahead and say something
5: well not until the approved introduction you were given by management was read This was ordered at our last staff meeting. I know as an intern I can't go to them, but uh, Trevor told me they said you have to say the whole thing. First, my name, and then my status as the most popular person on the Spud Goodman show. And it's not even close, Spud. I think that listener survey said you came in behind Dave the audio guy on the board. Most people don't like you. How does that make you feel?
2: Well... I try not to think about it, to be honest. It's something that I have grown, you know, to accept in my life. And I find the older I get, the less it bothers me. I mean, in grade school, it was pretty tough to deal with, but but now, you know, BFD, I'm still on the air. And, you know, I know for a fact that there are many other talk show hosts that are hated more than me. The show that is the sworn enemy of lying, pomposity,
0: smugness, and groupthink.
4: Well, you are right on that, Spud. I can name a few that come to mind.
0: Shut up and dribble. Uh, You know, I'd like to complete my 17 seconds, if I may.
2: Uh, No can do. I gave you an extra two and a half
5: seconds of airtime. You know, technically it was 19 and a half seconds, so you're welcome. Can I suggest a topic for discussion on this episode? I know you probably have something prepared, but since you brought up other talk show hosts, let's face it. Most all of them have been around since Pong was the most popular video game. But let's narrow it down to radio talk show hosts. They're just one segment of the broadcasting industry that needs to call it a day and move on and do senior citizen activities. You know, and open up the decent jobs that younger people like me want.
2: Well, you know, I thought you said you would never get... You know, into the radio business after interning on this show. Uh, am I seeing a flip-flop
5: on your part? Uh, no, I would never be a disc jockey or talk show host. Your job is so 2010. No, I just used radio people as an example of just one of many professions that are jammed up with ancient old-growth trees that need to be chopped down to make room for younger ones. Well, here's the deal. A <laughs> uh, chance... You know, I'm only a couple of years younger than Spud, and
0: I feel a bit insulted by what you're saying. It it sounds to me that you're attacking anyone older than you gosh darn millennials. It's not personal, Sonny. It's strictly business.
5: Well, no, I am okay with my Gen Z peeps. They still have a few good years left, but mostly it's about you old timers, Gerald, that I'm referring to. I mean, let's face it, your best years are behind you.
4: Chance, Um, maybe this isn't a productive discussion to have on the show. How about we change the subject?
5: I understand your concern, Dorothy. In no way am I saying older people are worthless as I worship you. Oh, thank you. You're the smartest person and hottest woman I've ever met, but I am talking about the lack of upward mobility of my generation. We're being blocked from being CEOs, from being owners of cool stuff like SpaceX and Google, and from being billionaires. I mean, how many millennial billionaires are there? We want our moment, and we want it now.
2: So you're telling us ancient creatures to go snack on rat poison and call it a day, you know, to make room for you insolent little whippersnappers?
0: (laughs) Yeah, uh, Chance, I have patiently waited my turn professionally. And at my age now, I feel I'm next up for career success as a talk show host. I just don't see how you millennials can expect to just cut in line in front of the more experienced candidates in all fields now, now ready to
5: assume our rightful positions.
6: Um, um, you suck!
5: Well, most companies can afford to keep like one old person on staff. You know, more like a mascot to keep up office morale, to make others feel smarter and better looking. The Time has come for the gates to open for the young and gifted to take over. We are ready.
2: I don't think it's going to happen. I think there has to be some federal law that prevents a company to just sweep us older, wiser employees out the door to make room for you little snotty brats. You know, just aging us out is a little rude, don't you think? Now, don't get me wrong. You know, most of the musicians I dig now probably are millennials, you know? I mean, I I can't hear... I mean, I can't handle hearing any more of the same seven or eight, you know, classic rock songs played in heavy rotation over and over, with a few exceptions. Um, Like our first guest coming up, Ian Anderson. In his younger days, he was a wild man on stage. But, you know, clearing the deck for, for, for you guys' chance would not be in the best interest of the world. Do we really want to be exposed to nonstop Tide Pod vomiting videos day and night? I don't think so. But we could take this up later because right now I need to play some music. All right, so here is a cut from a Seattle band back in the day, uh, the Fastbacks, and their tune K Street, first released in 1987. This is a live recording of the tune that was included on the soundtrack from the motion picture Hype in, I believe, 1996. Here are the Fastbacks. Enjoy.
1: spud
7: goodman,
8: goodman show, show. Uh, uh, uh. uh. there's is Louis anderson and i'm listening to the spud goodman show to find out what dumb thing he's gonna say next
0: uh spud yeah your first guest ian anderson is waiting to speak with you you know that name sounds familiar was he on before yes he was on the show a couple years
2: ago okay this guy is a is a rock legend. I mean, even you would know his
0: band, Jethro Tull, right? J- Jethro who? The, you know, the only Jethro I know is a distant third cousin of mine. He's kind of been blackballed from the family. Uh, he married his second cousin, Ellie Mae. Uh, both of their parents named them after those uh, Beverly Hillbillies on TV way back. That is messed
5: up, yo.
4: Oh, I think there are laws about that marrying within the family in some states.
5: I'm in trouble. Yeah, it was pretty
0: embarrassing for all the Holcomb's when it got out in the local paper uh, that they had gotten hitched. You know, all sorts of letters to the editor were printed. But, uh, you know, more about that TV show than them actually becoming man and wife.
2: Well, anyway, I think Ian is calling from his home in England. Uh, unless he's on the road somewhere, just just, put him through. Yeah, here he is. Welcome back to the show, musician, singer, songwriter, Ian Anderson. Thank you for checking in with us.
3: Well, good, good to be good able to talk to you, too.
2: Yeah, so are, are you home in the U.K. or are you stuck somewhere in a hotel?
3: Well, no. I'm at the moment. I am uh, uh, just uh, basically working in the office on a various chores and um, doing a bit of rehearsal because I'm off on uh, on a tour leaving right. on Friday, and um, and I'm in between. I'm working on a new album project that I started three and a half weeks ago, and so I shall uh, hopefully wrap up later this evening the second draft of the lyrics because I'm I'm I'm. You know, pretty well on. You know, in the in the in the process of writing it. But next month, I shall do some demos to send to the band and give them a little time to prepare, and we'll think about uh, getting together to rehearse and record oh, yeah. um, for an album that you won't hear until two thousand and twenty-three. But we have to plan ahead.
2: Uh, yeah, I guess. Well, let me say, Jethro Tull has a new record out, The Zealot Gene. It's been a while since that's been said. What, nineteen years or so?
3: Well, in terms of being released as a Jethro Tull album, yes, there've been several albums released in the in the period, as well as countless tours as Jethro Tull. Right. But albums released as Jethro Tull, no. And and I thought back in 2017, I should put that right by working on a new band rock album project to be released as Jethro Tull with the guys in the band who've been with me on average for about 15 years, longest lineup of any mm-hmm. Jethro Tull, um, and. Um, you know the other yeah out of 27 people you know that those guys have played with me the most and so it's um, nice for them to finally be on a an album released as Jethro Tull and and uh, and hopefully later this year another one so, right <laughs> making up for lost time
2: let me ask you this, okay? In the rock world, uh, there are a number of bands with, say, older musicians that are still seriously successful these days and not very many younger bands headlining big shows around the world. Is being like a male rock star the one profession that you can't really age out of?
3: I I, I think many of us, you know, started off in music um, at a time when, A, there wasn't so much competition. B, there wasn't such an overwhelming set of precedents that you felt you were treading in other people's footsteps you know you could it was easier in a way to be more original and i I think for those great bands that started off in the 60s and into the 70s you know many of them are still around because they did have that unique quality about them they didn't all sound like each other and um I, I, there's no reason why we shouldn't still, if we're mentally and physically capable, can continue to perform into our seventies, or Heck even, yeah. into our eighties. Yeah. It, it, it's not written in any book that you have to retire at the age of sixty-five and go fishing, uh, as you would if you were a professional airline pilot or you were a you know a tennis player or a race driver. You know, by the by your mid-thirties, it's getting tough. By the end of your 30s it's over if you're an airline pilot you can go until you're 65 but at that point if it was British Airways it would be all over I I would have had to have retired nine years ago if I was a a British Airways um, 747 captain you know that would be it my life now would be you know Either going fishing or flying a Cessna, which would be a bit, bit a bit um, depressing, you know. But uh, people in my line of work, we get to go on. We get to die with our boots on, you know. We are, we are the, we are, we are the, we're the John Wayne in a black and white cowboy western, you know. We, we, we have the the romantic big ending, and and um, that that's that's kind of what, right. what in the world of arts and entertainment, you know, you go on as long as you want to go on.
0: Right. Okay. All right. Super. Uh, Say, Spud? What? Well, if, if I may, I too want to die with my boots on, just as Ian said. Or, I mean, in my case, it would be with my penny loafers on. I fully plan to work until I'm forced into a nursing home. I will not voluntarily retire from either job in radio or my other place of employment at South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum.
8: South Seattle
2: carpet and linoleum.
0: Uh, Ian, just a sec.
2: Did you really talk someone into playing that free store plug again? Well, geez. anyway, I understand your position on this. No one wants to be removed from a job they like
4: or, or, in my case, tolerates. Well, I know I was asked to retire from my old job, the demolitions company where I worked for over 34 years. I guess they just felt I wasn't as nimble as in my younger years, taking down the bigger buildings.
0: Well, it's too bad that I stopped taking piano lessons in the fourth grade. As If I was a professional musician, as uh, Ian just said, there is no expiration date career-wise. I would guess that's probably too late for me to resume the piano lessons and join a rock combo. Uh, Yeah, I think that ship sailed.
2: Yeah let me get back to ian all right i have returned well last question I-, I gotta ask you your take on the beatles get back uh peter jackson's you know documentary they-, they were a bit older uh than you but did you ever cross paths with their world in that era
3: well i, I didn't at all actually no the beatles um when they first began i was still at school right. and um i was never a huge Beatles fan, you know, I, I, I liked, I, I greatly admired their skill as, as, as writers of pop songs. I think the only thing that made an impact on me creatively was really 1967 when uh, uh, the Sgt. Pepper album was released and uh, a month or so later, Pink Floyd's Piper at the Gates of Dawn. Uh, and those two albums in their different ways were very, very much of a signpost planted in the road that said, this way, because one was progressive pop. Case of the beatles and the other was the beginning of progressive rock and in, in terms of pink floyd so that they they were actually quite even though i didn't want to play that kind of music of either of those bands but but they were they were a signposts showing that you know you if you went down that route you know maybe you could you could do something that was um, you know special
7: mm-hmm.
3: And and those those two were indeed very special but you know as i say i wasn't really a beatles fan the only time i ran into any of them uh, was um, you know across a across a, a, a television studio I think I saw John Lennon a couple of times but um, you know other than a, a wave across a room uh, we, we didn't uh, we didn't get together never met them
7: okay I mean
3: they, they, they were kind of a, they were hippies and druggies and you know, kind of from a different world to me I was a very staid boring kind of uncool guy <laughs> didn't have anything to do with the heady world of rock and roll or um Fame and stardom, which of course they did
2: i don 't know about boring in your in your case, but all right well, let me let me close with saying jethro Tull will be soon touring around the world, and fans will need to check your website for dates. The new record is the zealot gene available everywhere records are sold. We really appreciate you coming back on our show,
3: oh, great pleasure to talk to you, and uh, we hope to be. In 2023, looking for some dates to try and do some U.S. dates. So keep an eye on JethroTal.com our website, and uh, you'll find some points, some news about tour dates in there that um, hopefully will give us a chance to meet up.
2: All right, very cool. Mr. Ian Anderson. This is the
1: spy Goodman Show. We sure got the surprise of our lives.
0: You know, I would like to return to the prior discussion that we had, and I want to address you, Chance, on this. I can sense a clear bias against those who are a bit older than you. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. And I don't want to use the term age discrimination here, but you sure seem to be a proponent of it. It's very upsetting to know that you have these feelings. Well.
5: Not to all older people, like my grandfather who's 87 years old gets a pass. I'm talking about the millions over 50 or so who are taking up space and need to move along. You know, to open up opportunities for those patiently waiting behind your generation for our own chance to achieve success too. If you took the time to gauge the frustration of my fellow millennials, you would better understand our position.
9: I believe that our education, like such as in South Africa and uh, Iraq, everywhere like such as.
4: Babe, you're wasting your time trying to educate baby baby boomer men on how self-centered and selfish they are. Looking back at the men in my life, I can tell you they all feel the world revolves around them. They're incapable of taking into consideration the desires of others.
2: That's not true, Aunt Dorothy. I am attuned to the feelings of others, just not that many other humans. (laughs) But mostly it's animals, as they're way more likable. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: Well, besides blocking the career paths of so many millennials, you guys also own all of the available houses out there. You know, we would like to buy a house someday... But when all you boomers finally do sell your house, you ask for 12 times more than what you originally paid for it. Greedy much? They are not our friend. Hey, I live in an apartment, but it sounds like you want to ages,
2: age all of us out of society right now, Chance. I, I mean, this is very mean-spirited. Like, Like, once we hit a certain age, we should be, what, termed obsolete and Yo, disposed
0: of? No, that would be a terrible idea. I cannot be judged obsolete before I get my own moment in the sun. I have so many career dreams still to be realized. <laughs> and listen, I will not step aside to allow some disrespectful millennial to cut in line in front of me just because I'm a
5: certain age. That is wrong. Maybe, but if we don't try to push you guys out, we'll, you'll never leave the stage voluntarily. You know what I mean? No baby boomer ever will think they're too old for anything. All of you think you're still 28 or something.
8: Seriously?
5: Like at the pot stores where it's legal around the country, it's filled with boomers. I read an article that said you guys buy more candy, toys, and video games than any other age group. Uh, don't forget
2: porn websites. We have to be number one there, too.
4: Yes! Well, I'm ashamed to be a baby boomer myself. As well, though we begin our adulthood trying to change the world for the good, something went very wrong once we got a little older.
2: I mean, yeah, there are or we make up the bulk of Trump supporters, so uh, there's a good example of early onset dementia. But but
4: you know, point of order, Aunt Aunt Dorothy, are are you sure? You're actually a baby boomer, too? Yes, bud. Google my birth date, if you remember it, as you've forgotten my birthday the last few years, you know.
5: Come on, yo. Dorothy, I'll never forget your birthday. After we're married, it will be the number one day of the year. Well, after our anniversary, of course. Oh,
2: that's nice. But here's a prediction. After the divorce, Aunt Dorothy, this guy won't even be sending a belated card.
5: We will never divorce, Spud. Unlike you and your multiple failed marriages, when I say I do on my wedding day, I'll mean it.
4: You had me at hello. Never a doubt in the world, honey. You have restored my faith in men.
5: You
0: complete me. Thank you. Uh Uh-huh. So, Chance, do you realize the damage you could do if this, this movement you're advocating caught on? Why, I shudder to think how this could destroy all of my still-to-be-realized career dreams by trying to age Spud and myself out of existence professionally. It would devastate us, pretty much
5: crush us, and our ability to experience joy in life. Well, it's a small price to pay for ensuring everyone gets a turn at bat. You know what I'm saying? That's a small
4: Sweetie. Price. I know you have waited patiently for your moment to assume your rightful position in the business world. Maybe you don't know right now just what that position will be and what you will be assuming. But you are clearly destined for greatness.
5: You know, people lie a lot, so you got to be on your toes. I hope to know shortly after I do graduate from community college what profession to get into. I feel I was born to be in management to be in control of the levers of power and i am counting the days until i'm the head of an organization
2: uh remember that episode where we discussed that dunning-kruger effect you know where dumb people actually think they're smart uh, I, Gerald was the topic about it back then when we were on the show, you know, but now uh, I'm starting yeah. to think you chance are also another example of this, you know, 22 year old kids are not put into management positions.
9: I don't understand.
0: Well, you don't know that. Yeah, and I don't appreciate you bringing up that Dunning Kruger business against, but I continue to believe that it was just fake news. Uh,
1: it's all fake news.
0: Uh, Yeah, I think a part of that is guys like
2: you and Trump are the last ones to understand that you are actually quite dumb. I'm a very stable genius. All right, let's just take a very brief break. We'll be right back.
0: The excitement continues on the Spud Goodman Radio Show following this brief intermission.
1: This ain't government cheese, it's Bud.
7: Good, Good man.
1: man. My baby left me for another guy. She dug him because he had a meth lab in that trouble wide trailer down the street.
7: He had a meth lab in that trailer down the
0: street. We now return to more action packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Uh, Spud, your next guest, Fomka Jansen, is holding for you. I Googled her before the show to make sure I pronounced her name correctly. Is, is she an actress? Uh yes she is. Fomka has been in
2: some of the biggest movies out there in the last 20 years like like the X-Men releases and and the Taken movies. Uh. Y- you know with Liam Neeson uh, always looking, you know for his stolen kid or, or revenge after someone does something to his family. In the last uh, one, you know, Taken 3, unfortunately, spoiler alert, Fomka gets killed. So that's kind of a bummer for her if there's going to be a Taken 4, which I'm sure there probably will be.
4: Well, I find Liam Neeson so hot when he gets all filled with rage. He is someone you don't want to mess with if you're a bad guy.
0: Well, why didn't you say so? Uh, You know, Mrs. Jarvis, I will check out one of those Taken movies on our next family movie night. Uh, yeah, you do that. You know,
2: she has a new film out now that she wants to talk about. Could you please put her through as there
0: are a bunch of things I want to ask her. Yeah, very well. Here she is.
2: Say hello to actress Flamka Jensen. Thank you so much for coming on our show.
6: Thank you for having me.
2: Yeah, you, you have a new movie out titled Redeeming Love. Uh, it's set in the 1850s, I believe, during the California Gold Rush era. Can, can you tell us a bit about exactly. the... Yeah, tell us a bit about the characters yeah, in the storyline. So,
6: it's so set in a very tough time um, in history, obviously. And um, it's a love story between two young people who, despite all odds, and um, to find love and uh, uh, redemption. And, uh, you know, I, I think in a time like this where we live in today we can hopefully find some similarities and you know during tough times we can only hope that love conquers all and i think that should sort of be what we're all aspiring to right now okay well and in- i played the duchess by the way in this film um and uh, the duchess is uh, a brothel owner okay. and so in in my eyes kind of a very early uh entrepreneur, (laughs) the female entrepreneur in 1850, when women were traditionally not having these types of jobs. Um, So, uh, you know, another kind of interesting uh, character, very much a survivor, and um, we filmed in South Africa, uh, and they built this town to resemble a California town in 1850, and we were in these beautiful costumes from the 1850s and so we were given so much by the location and and the sets and our costumes and everything that as an experience is so different from the let's say you know the x-men movies that have been part of where you have to imagine basically everything around you because you're acting against green screens and, mm-hmm. and here you have everything right you're, you're given everything so it was a beautiful experience
2: well, you know, besides smaller character-driven independent films such as Redeeming Love, you've also been, as as you mentioned, uh, in a few major studio films over the years. Too many to cover. I'll just toss out X-Men, like you said. James Bond, a bunch of others. But is the major difference on the set the pace of production and, and of course, a craft services table? Well,
6: <laughs> absolutely both. Um, I remember that when I was... Um, uh, filming uh one of the x-men movies in uh in montreal and at the same time i was filming an independent in a different part of canada and to go back and forth between these two sets where one felt like i was watching paint dry because it was taking so Long, and the other one where we're like literally rushing because we had to pay, film you know nine pages a day or something versus the one page on mm-hmm. on, on the X Men movie. So yes, it's a very different pacing, um, and both have its you know uh, interesting and charm and and beauty to it, and uh, and it's just it's a very different experience. But they're all labors of love, and that's the important thing. And they're all collaborations in an art form where. That usually doesn't happen. Art, Mm -hmm. you know, is mostly an individual who does it. And what I love about the film industry is that it's a collaborative art form. Right. Well, you know, maybe
2: I should mention. In two thousand and eight, you wrote, directed, and produced an indie film yourself. Bringing up Bobby was that a pleasant experience? Taking on all responsibilities, pretty much. That's a lot of work. Bring
6: that up. That was really an incredible experience. I learned so much. Um, I wrote it, co-produced it, and uh, directed it. So. I wore many hats, and we filmed yeah. it in Oklahoma, and we had a wonderful cast, Mila Jovovich and Bill Pullman, and, um, uh, yeah, so, uh, an incredible experience, and just to be part of, you know, something from the inception of it to, you know, the making of it, and then the post-production, and then ultimately, you have to let it out in the world and see what happens to it, and, you know, what, you, what I've learned over the years from making, uh, Independence is that you don't have a studio behind you, so, that, you know, rolling it out into, into the world is very difficult when you don't have the financial means behind you for, to, you know, to make people aware of the project. Mm-hmm. So um, that's, it's always a bit challenging, but they are labors of love, and I'm incredibly grateful for that experience.
2: Well, people can go I mean, go search it out, bringing up Bobby. So, all right. Well, uh, Famke, let's, let's step into the Wayback Machine. Uh, you were born in the Netherlands yeah. and came to the U.S. in the mid-'80s yeah. to model, and you were quite successful at it before transitioning to acting. Is modeling the most unfun job there is? I mean, male or female models can't yeah. eat or have the milkshake like the rest of us. No one in that you know business right, seems to no. have fun. I,
6: I'm going <laughs> to... Um, I, I became, I mean, it was just, I was discovered as a model on the streets of Amsterdam just walking around and, and I was at the time, I was studying economics, don't ask me much, long story, but in, in Amsterdam and so I, it was such a welcome, you know, way out of something that I wasn't enjoying doing, but not anything I particularly aspired to. But what I can tell you about, even though the job itself, I never particularly loved, mm-hmm. what it gave me is incredible because as a result of being a model and making money and being self-sufficient from a very young age on uh, brought me to New York ultimately and then I put myself through Columbia University an Ivy League school that was incredibly expensive that I otherwise never would have Mm -hmm. been able to afford on my own and um, that's all due to modeling and so and then I was able to take acting classes outside of school and Pay for those, and then I was able to, and still I'm able to live in New York City, um, you know, because of the work that I initially did as a as a model, and then later on as an actress. And so, as much as I would like to say the work itself, but what it gave me, and the opportunities that I, you know, I've, I've experienced as a result, I I am just nothing but grateful for them.
2: All right. Okay.
0: Spud. Yes. You and the listeners might be interested to know that my youngest, Dwight, tried to do a little modeling last year. I don't think I ever mentioned this to you, but uh, yeah, the wife and I felt he had something special and might be able to take advantage of his good looks. Yeah, he's a darn cute young man, you know. And anyway, we yeah, took him yeah. to meet with a modeling agent. And I think the gentleman said at one time he was the top agent in the Upper Peninsula area in Michigan. And anyway, it was a great experience for us. And oh, look, we... look, will you, will you zip it, dude? Uh,
2: Fomka, I'll be back in a moment. No one cares if your kid got a modeling gig, okay? Not relevant to this interview.
4: Oh, Oh, let me guess, Gerald. That modeling agent charged you for meeting with him, right? He probably told you for a certain price he could get your kid's face on the cover of magazines, right? Well, not not the
2: covers, but I- inside the magazines. Oh, yeah. boy. Uh, you were on the money end, Dorothy. Just another scam artist. Now let me finish up the interview with Vomka. Okay, I'm back. Well, I wanted to ask you this. In 2016, you made a statement that I don't think anyone could disagree with. Uh, that, you know, the entertainment industry kind of phases out women at a certain age for roles where male stars can continue to get action films, you know, well past Medicare age. I mean, I, I don't mean, you know, your co-star in the Taken films, Liam Neeson, who is uh, still extremely, uh, I mean, he's he's just amazing, but he turned 70 this year, and then your X-Men co-star, Hugh Jackman, is 53, so it kind of seems like there's a double standard. Well, there
6: has been, but I have to say, if I see any changes happening in the world right now, it's in, in the in the film and television industry where women are being given finally are being given opportunities if you see the amazing work that women are doing behind the scenes now um, if you haven't seen The Lost Daughter directed by Maggie Gyllenhaal I think she did oh, an yeah. absolutely incredible yeah. job
7: Great, um,
6: and Jane Campion one of my favorite directors you know, this year was Power of the Dog and mm-hmm. so we and finally we have diversity, um, and it's so. We we do we have a long way to go. Sure, but am I seeing on a daily basis incredible differences? Yes. So I think it's a very optimistic time. It's it's really you know it's it's great to see that um, finally the changes are happening. Okay. Well, let me and close. I, and here I am working at my age. So I think that you know it's it's it, there changes really are happening and I'm so so
2: grateful for it right, super well you know I was going to ask you some other stuff but let's end with that because uh, that was was very well stated so I I appreciate you responding All right. well let me remind our listeners that your new film Redeemable Love is now showing in theaters nationwide we really appreciate excuse me Yes. And, and it's not, it's, you know, people need to go out and find it. All right. So, cause, cause I'm, I'm pretty sure that the, the promotion budget of X-Men and that film are, there's a little bit of disparity. So people need to go find it. So, uh, yeah. So we really just really appreciate you spending some time with us.
6: Thank you so much.
1: This is a Spud Goodman
2: Show. show. Oh, oh, oh. Ah! Uh, I can't believe I let you talk me into this. Let's close out the music with this one by a band that has appeared live on this show many times, Warning Danger, the world's safest punk band. Here is Clowns, They Freak Me Out.
1: Clowns, they freak me out! Circus clowns, rodeo clowns, hamburger clowns, birthday clowns, killer clowns in hospital gowns, clowns, they freak me out! red nose, squirt-rose, bozos, long-toes, decomposed! Clowns, they freak me out Old men in face paint Little kids, they try to rape Gee, ain't this party great? Clowns, they freak me out Except the us clown With that clown, we're down Stands above the town And watches the world go round Punk, rock kids And everything they did Stood there nice and proud Till the condos tore him down Boy, do I miss that clown They can't keep him down Spike'll come back around But clowns, they freak me out Suit and tie, wearing clowns We need more condos around Let's tear it all down Condos freak me out I don't care what's around Here's the deed to this ground. I'll build a giant compound Condos freak me out Look what they did to downtown They're giving us a reach around Those real estate clowns Clowns that freak me out Few other clowns we think are okay McFondle, Krusty Marseille Marseille Red Skelton, the clowns in the sea Parade It must be alright when they give away free candy Acting like a cartoon, scary goons with balloons Is tonight a full moon? Clowns, they freak me out! Mini cars, giant cigars, drinks at the bar How'd you get that weird scar? Clowns, they freak me out! loose and Chogalettes, running around with hatchets Oh my goodness, where's their parents? Clowns, they freak me out! want to go to sleep clowns they'll try to eat me when i fall asleep clowns they freak me out clowns they freak me out clowns they freak me out clowns they
0: freak me out clowns they freak me out this is the spud goodman radio show uh spud your last guest nicole paliza is waiting to speak with you uh, may I ask who Nicole is? Is is she famous? Uh, it's Polizzi. P- Pol- Polizzi. Uh, yeah.
2: yeah, you could say that. She's also known as Snooky from that MTV show, uh, Jersey Shore. Uh, it's still on the air, but now I think it's called Jersey Shore Family Vacation. I th- anyway, uh, uh, I believe all the original cast is uh, still with it. Even that situation dude. Yeah. <clears throat>
4: oh, I'm a little embarrassed to say this. But I had a big crush on Polly D during the first few seasons. I later moved on as he was a bit too much of a ladies' man for me.
5: You'll never see me becoming a ladies' man, Dorothy. I only have eyes for you.
4: Not a joke. And I for you, sweetie.
0: Ick, come on, jeez.
4: Just put Snooky
0: through, please. You, okay, but, okay, who is that situation guy you mentioned? That is a strange first or, or last name. But, uh, uh, anyway, here she is.
2: Please welcome reality television personality, Nicole Polizzi, uh, also known as Snooky. Thanks for coming on our show. Oh, thank you. How are you
9: guys?
2: Uh, great! Uh, hey, is uh, let me let me get into this. So, so season five of Jersey Shore Family Vacation is now airing on MTV, and you have a podcast too that you're promoting. It's happening with Snooki and Joey, available on Audio Boom. So, let me. This is my question with with the podcast. Just what can our listeners discover if they check out an episode? Is this like reality podcasting? Um. Yes. Yeah, so we've
9: been doing the show for six years now, and um, it's basically just like a fun laughing podcast you can go to to escape like the crazy world it's with me and my best friend Joey um so we talk about celebrity gossip current events but like we're not reporting accurately it's just you know it's just like a fun silly podcast we talk about you know the crazy things that happen during our weekend during our week um so it's kind of like you're you're listening to two besties like catch up with each other on the phone um and we ended up going on tour it's so much fun like our fans leaving in wheelchairs (laughs) it was like the best time ever Um, and then COVID hit so we're like when are we going to go on tour again so now we're finally going back on tour Um, you can get tickets at nicolepaluzzi.com but it's literally like a girls night out and you know you come out with your besties it's called the messy bestie tour and um, yeah we do our our live podcast on the stage and then you know of course we do fan interactions we bring everybody up on stage we do trivia Joey has a dating show Um, So we're just excited to get back on the road and, you know, meet all of our fans.
2: All right, super. Well, Nicole, you have three children now, so I was just curious. When not filming, do you drop by the shore much these days, or do you steer clear on your own time? So,
9: yeah, so we're currently filming right now, and we haven't been filming on the shore a lot just because, you know, it's cold and everything.
7: So Mm -hmm.
9: we've been taking the show, you know, to Florida. We've been going away to the Poconos so it's called uh jersey shore family vacation so we're bringing our kids and it's just like a big family and we're just traveling and you know taking vacations everywhere so we're filming right now actually i'm filming today with jenny and um you know we're just grateful to be doing the show you know 12 years later
2: right well i was curious about this you've been in many many reality tv episodes uh what happens on a show when just not much is going on you know things are kind of boring do producers usually just introduce a really obnoxious new person to stir things up I was just curious
9: Um. well not for our show because we had the same cast for you know this, this entire time we've been on air but um, yeah definitely on other reality shows that's kind of how it works but we don't film 24 7 anymore and if we do you know we know like when to take our naps, and then once we get up like we're ready to have fun and you know, go crazy. Um, but, yeah, I feel like we all have this vibe and a connection, and everyone knows just us as a family. So uh-huh. That introducing someone new would just be crazy at this point.
2: Yeah. You know, at my place, it's, it's, it's pretty boring all the time, so I really need to invite my next-door neighbors over because I don't like them and they don't like me. That might spice things up a bit. I'm giving it some thought. But anyway... Um, uh, you know, let me ask you this. Uh, in Jersey Shore has been on the air for many years in some form or another. Why does it seem that only the veteran reality TV stars can keep a show on the air? Because, you know, ones with younger people don't seem to have the same appeal. Is it is it kind of like uh, newer isn't always better and with kind of like maybe with the older musicians still dominating rock music? Yeah, I feel like
9: especially with our fan base, like they're so used to seeing us. And they want to see more of us, especially us growing. Like when the show first came on, um, you know, we were all young, single. It was literally my college years because I just turned 21. Uh So, you know, of course, we went crazy. We partied. We had a good time. But now for our show now, it's more of just like us being parents, us getting married, us having babies. And I feel like our fans are growing up with us. So they're going through the same things. So I just feel like our show is very relatable in that sense. And um, You know, we're still number one or top three um, on cable, which, you know, it's crazy because I feel like nobody watches cable anymore. But we're still like, you know, the the watch show Mm
5: -hmm. on Thursday
9: night. So, um, you know, it's all thanks to the fans because the fans keep us so going. And like I said, I just feel like they're growing up with us and they can relate with us.
2: All right. Well, in the early days when you were, you know, forced to kind of reside in a group living situation while, while filming, what's the most annoying thing you you had to put up with? Uh, I would think like sharing a bathroom with a bunch of people wouldn't would be like at the top of the list, but I don't know.
9: Um. Yeah, I didn't mind that because I was I grew up as an only child, so I always wanted to like have a chaotic house and be sharing things, and you know, it was just so like lonely and quiet for me growing up. But I actually love that crazy environment, Um, but probably one of the most annoying things of being on a reality show is you're always on. So like when we used to film it was 24-7 and you know you would wake up, there's a camera on your face, go to bed, there's a camera on your face. So that was kind of a lot, Um, but you know eventually we got used to it, but it was crazy.
0: right, Uh, Spud? Yes? You know, when the Holcombs have their family reunions, we try to have them every other year, and my gosh, there must be over 60 to 65 of us that get together in a couple of houses that we rent in the Branson, Missouri area. Uh, They're owned by friends, but uh, anyway, it is so much fun for all of us to pile into the houses together. There's nothing annoying about it. With the bathroom situation, Everyone just needs to maintain total bowel and urinary tract control, and there are no issues. Uh, Nicole, give me a moment here.
2: No way! I'm going to be sharing a bathroom with a ton of relatives. Is there like
0: a, a sign-up sheet? Do they, do they have to schedule the time they want to use it? Oh, heavens no. It's first come, first serve. You just hope that you know some don't have conditions that make their visits too terribly long, you know?
4: Oh, I sure wouldn't want to be the last one to need to take a shower at your reunions. The drain must be always clogged up with all that hair. Yeah, oh, no, no. We do require all family members to wear bathing caps in the
0: shower. Well, except for a few of the bald holcombs. They get a waiver on that. Oh, right? yuck. yeah. Yeah, nice to know. Now be quiet.
2: Okay, I'm back. Well, as a mother, I was I was wondering, what would you say in the, if in the future one of your children asked if he or she could be on a reality TV show?
9: I mean, you know, every mom wants them to be better than what we are, so I would want them to, like, do something else. Um, you know, like, get your degrees and, you know, go do something else. But, I mean, if my kids wanted to, like, try out a show or whatever, you know, I would let them. I'm going to support them to do whatever they want. But, um...
2: Let's do something else. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. Uh, well, let me close with this. I know you got stuff to do, uh, Nicole. If you were head of the universe with major superpowers, superpowers, what what would be your first order? Oh, I don't know. I had superpowers.
9: I if I
2: could. If you if were like give the...
9: everybody like good vibes because I would love to give everybody. You know, just get everybody in a positive environment, everybody
2: feeling happy and no worries. That would be amazing. Okay. All right. Well, let me say again that your MTV series, Jersey Shore Family Vacation is now airing and it's, it's season five, I guess. And, and also you have a podcast. It's happening with Snooki and Joey, uh, now available on the audio boom. Uh, we want to thank you so much for calling into the show. Of
7: course. Thank you
2: for having me. Ms. Nicole Snooki Palizzi. Thank you. Chance, about this topic you've brought up, you know, I refuse to let this episode make me feel old, okay? I work hard at trying not to focus on the probability that I don't have, you know, many years left on the planet. Uh, You know, I mean, most of my time has already been used up, so I would like to change the subject now
5: and end this show on an up note. You can try to avoid the truth, but... The fact remains, everything has a shelf life, as you've mentioned on the show, and in the case of you, Spud Goodman, and you too, Gerald. Well, time's up. Uh, I use that shelf life term in the context of,
2: like, pop culture and trends, not actual human beings like me.
1: I'm beginning to see why your wife left you.
0: Yeah, and I refuse to believe that my shelf life is up as I've not had a chance to achieve my dreams yet. No, you're wrong, Chance. My best years professionally are ahead of me.
6: Dumbest, most offensive, and most insane things.
0: Uh, yeah,
2: maybe not so much for me. I probably only have a couple decent years left in my career, but but I don't need you pounding this reality into my subconscious, Chance.
5: Yeah, okay, whatever, and, uh... Trevor's saying there's a caller on the line. usually want to take at least one call at the end of the show, so do you want it to be put through?
2: And Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure whoever's calling will not be as depressing to me as you are. Uh, yeah, put it through. Caller, you're on the air.
8: Yeah, so I was listening to this show. I've never heard of it, but I Googled your studio contact number on your website. Yeah? And I have to agree with the intern of yours, whatever his name is, Chance. except for him. Everyone on this show is so old. I don't even know how old you are, but you guys sound so old, like my grandparents old. Well, what is it about retiring and making way for new blood? Do you not understand?
0: They want to shut your mind talking about Justin Bieber.
2: Well, what's with the age discrimination thing with you millennials, man? I mean, uh, can I ask how old you are?
8: Yeah, I'm 27, and I get what your intern is saying about millions of baby boomers clogging up space in offices. Yeah? Call it a day. Give someone else a chance to call the shots. I know I should already be in management, but there's so much dead wood blocking me. And since this issue impacts me, I decided to call in.
0: Yeah, Caller, years from now, you will most probably get your chance to join management. And how will you feel when some young kid at your job starts pressuring you to step aside and make room for them?
8: <laughs> that's not going to happen to me. I plan on making my mark and retiring at 35. I have Ooh. dreams outside oh. of working. I want to travel and play video games.
5: And that's important. I enjoy video games too, Caller. My favorite right now Look, is Look, that... I would
2: have preferred to have, you know, retired around 35 too, but my checking account would not permit it. You know, overdraft statements, stuff like that tend to impact
0: life decisions. Yeah, uh, caller, you seem to be in such a hurry career-wise. You know, things happen when uh, they're supposed to happen. Did you read that on a fortune cookie or something? (laughs) No, I did not. My father told me that at my high school graduation ceremony, and I'm just trying to counsel our caller on how important developing patience is.
8: Yeah, patience is for losers. (laughs) I don't know about you and how long you've been a what?
0: A co-host. A temporary co-host. Temporary permanent co-host. And I wanna say, I'm very concerned about the younger generation. They want something, and they want it now. Excellent. I feel I've shown great patience waiting my turn to have my own show. This is my seventh year on The Spud Goodman Show, and I know very soon I will get my opportunity. I'm going to have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there.
8: (laughs) Yeah, so you've been a co-host for seven years, and you still don't have your own show. That's sad.
0: Well... Well, I know very soon I will achieve all my dreams, and nothing you can say will bring me down, so I choose to ignore your negative energy.
8: Uh Uh-huh, so does my dad, and he's been in the same job selling cars for 28 years. Love my dad, but that will never be me.
2: Well, I hope you do get a really super-duper golden parachute package when you retire at 35, but just in case, you might want to pay off your student loan debt before hanging it up
8: hopefully the government will follow through with the racing student loan debt. That's already penciled in with my exit plan. I mean, if not, I might have to work until maybe 38, worst case scenario.
5: Caller, I plan to retire in my early 30s. If my loving soon-to-be wife Dorothy is on board with it.
4: Honey, we haven't discussed this, but if that's your dream, to retire in your early 30s, well, I won't stand in your way.
5: Thank you, Dorothy. I figured, even if I am not super rich by then, we can still get by on your social security and your company pension. And remember, you paid off your house a long time ago, so we should be just fine.
2: And it only makes common sense. Well, no way you're still going to have enough left over for HBO, Showtime, and Stars 2. You're going to have to downsize to make this thing work financially. You know, make some real sacrifices, kid.
8: Uh, Can I go now? This is boring. No offense, I'm gonna
2: hang up. Uh, she didn't. She call her. She's gone. Hey, hey! I, as the host, get to hang up first, and she she beat me to it. I, this is.
5: Yeah, I think she did beat you to it.
2: Fine. All right. Then I'm signing off now. All right. Okay. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Uh, and as co-host, I'm
0: signing off, too. Uh, no need. I already did. And now I'm going home later. Yeah, but people appreciate hearing from me saying goodbye, too. Hey, 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 you shut your face! Yeah, I mean, I, I know my wife very much enjoys me bidding adieu to everyone, so adieu, everyone. The Spud Goodman Show is written and directed by Spud Goodman, executive producer Lori Madsen. Produced by David Brennan of Rosedale Audio Productions. Engineered by Trevor Jastad and recorded at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Associate producer T.J. Pites. Video director Jason W. Young of Random Whispers Studios. Production assistants Brian Martin and Chance Morrison. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. On-air talent Rob McGee, David Deer, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2022, Spud Goodman Productions, David Brennan speaking.